Storytelling is uniquely human and incredibly powerful. All cultures and groups have their own stories, which are told to educate, entertain, preserve tradition, and instill moral values. Every one of us has the potential to captivate audiences through our choice of words, timing, improvisation, and theatrics. In the workplace, storytelling has the power to increase inclusion, build confidence, and bring about change. Hello and welcome to Boosting Performance. This is the podcast to listen to if you want bite-sized practical tips on how to improve your performance in the workplace. I'm Alistair Cole. And I'm Kieran Gill. We founded the Uplift Partnership to help organisations thrive by boosting performance of their sales and innovation teams. To subscribe to this podcast, head over to our website, boostingperformancepodcast.com. In this debut series, we tackle eight of the biggest current workplace challenges. Today's topic is telling great stories, an essential skill for life and business, and one that is much harder to do under lockdown. To bring it to life for our listener, can you tell me a story from your past? Uh, One story comes to mind. Um, So it's Friday the 30th of September in 2005. Uh, I'm a manager's assistant at Barclays Corporate based in Hatton Garden in central London. Um, It's a Friday um, and it's wrapping up the week, wrapping up the month. And you know what Fridays are like in the city. You know, everybody's getting ready uh, to go out and everything else. And suddenly at around about 3.45, I, I suddenly got a phone call from our largest client on the port- on our portfolio at the time that I was helping to run with my manager um, saying he'd mit- missed the cutoff for his tax payment. Now, this was um, not the best place to be. He needs to make his tax payment. Otherwise, he was going to get a fine. He's also not happy with us. He's absolutely been critical about the way we've been managing his portfolio, the whole thing. And now he's he's just being ridiculously serious and vile on the phone saying, look, if you don't get this done, I'm going to walk. What's the point of paying you guys anything? And why am I paying for this expensive corporate support if you guys can't sort out a problem like this? Now, this is the last thing I want to be dealing with on a Friday. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do here to, to, to basically stop this guy, you know, from just exploding to my manager and then his manager's manager. And this is just going to turn it snowball into something that I don't want to deal with. So I thought about how we're going to get this payment through when the payment systems are basically closed in corporate. And what I suddenly realized was that in retail banking, they work on a separate system. And fortunately, our our branch at that time or our corporate office was above a retail branch in banking. Uh, I ran downstairs and being the jovial, nice person I am, I already knew the guys from retail. And I asked them politely, would they process one of our payments, what they would normally not do on their system so the payment could go through? They did it. The payment went through and the client was ecstatic thinking, you know what? When it came to it, Post come to sub, you boys were able to get this done and dusted. So that's the story. The great thing about this story is that it actually helped me get promoted. I used it in a job interview, uh, going from one job to the next, where I had to show initiative. And they asked me a time when I showed initiative and I told this story. And to this day, I remember it because of how I structured it and it made sense to me. 
Were there other stories you could have chosen for the interview? And what made you choose this one? I had a few other stories that I could have probably used. The reason I chose this one, it had a very clear kind of structure to it. And it was highlighting the importance of showing initiative and what the, what the interviewers were looking for. So how did you rehearse to tell the story? Uh, first thing I did was write down the story and put it down in bullet points so I understood the timeline and had a clear understanding of what was happening. I wrote the story out initially and told the story to myself in the mirror and to um, other people so they could hear it and then just internalized the story over a period of time so that it became just a part of me and it flowed without me really thinking about it. So that's why even now, 15 years later, I can retell that story. It might change every so often, depending on the person I'm telling it to. However, I've rehearsed it countless times in my head, also to other people, that I can tell it tomorrow or instantaneously if required. And how were you able to bring the passion when you retold it in that interview? Uh, I really wanted the job. So I made sure I ramped up the passion. I made sure that I highlighted that the client wasn't happy. I tell you the truth, I don't know how unhappy he was, but I've made sure that everybody now thinks he was the most unhappiest person in the world and that this was critical. And if it wasn't going to happen, it, it, it was the biggest thing that could happen that day. And by highlighting these critical things, it showed that the importance of how important the, the actual task was to, to actually do to make sure that we didn't lose this client on the portfolio. Storytelling predates writing. The earliest forms combined spoken words with gestures and expressions. Written storytelling started around three and a half thousand years ago in ancient Mesopotamia with markings on clay tablets. The myths and legends of ancient Greece began to evolve from stories around 3,000 years ago. And while the medium has changed, the core concept has remained the same wrap a sequence of entertaining events within an exciting narrative. We tell stories because they help us to stand out and they make our messages easier to remember. As well as providing moments when you are the centre of attention, a great story can take your audience on a journey that touches them so deeply they will remember it forever. Stories can be very useful in the professional world. You can use them in a pitch to a new prospect, to enhance an internal presentation, or to empower your team. But what makes storytelling so powerful? As humans, we're programmed to be both consumers and creators of stories. So what happens to the brain when we're listening to a story? Well, several parts become engaged. And when we begin to listen, this activates the auditory cortex. Other regions soon begin to participate in the process. This also fires up the left temporal cortex. This is the region of the brain that is receptive to language. That's why the most skilled storytellers are careful about the language they use. They employ different techniques to keep you hooked. They make you imagine activities described, and this stimulates neurons associated with performing that action, which makes you feel like you're performing it as well. Stories also engage the frontal and the parietal cortices which lead to a deeper sense of emotional engagement with what's happening. You feel the emotions of the character, their pain, their sadness, and their happiness. This is what makes stories sticky memories, by attaching emotions to things that have happened. 
Research also shows that the brain activity can last for several days, explaining why a good story tends to stay with us. The world is full of millions of stories, but research demonstrates that most derive from the same common structure. In 1949, American writer Joseph Campbell researched thousands of old stories and myths from all over the world and tried to describe a common framework. He published the book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, whose central concept was the hero's journey. This is the template for all stories that involve a hero who goes on an adventure, is victorious in a decisive crisis, and comes home changed or transformed. As well as being used to unpack old stories, you can use this framework to create new ones. Many Hollywood directors openly share that they base their movie story arcs on this concept. It works so well because our brain loves this framework, which is why it's been used so many times with so much success over hundreds of years. Here are three ways you can start today. One, focus on the audience. Two, be prepared. Three, bring the passion. One, focus on the audience. Before you start telling your story, you need to do some homework. Your story needs to be relevant to the situation. You might have a great tale to share, but if you have the wrong audience or your timing is out, your amazing adventure will fall on flat ears. So before you start telling your story, ask yourself a few questions. Who is my audience? Do you have the right audience for the content? You might have a great customer success story to share, but if your main character is in a different position than your target audience, they might not feel any empathy with your hero, or your tale might be crafted for a financial officer, but there is no one from that department present. So before you launch into your story without the right people in the room, make sure you have the correct audience. What is your message and moral of your story? Think about the message or moral that you want to share with the audience. Crafting a message into the story is key to making it impactful and memorable for the listener. What do you want them to feel and think after you tell them? Do you want them to laugh, cry, open up or get mad? When do you want to share your tale? In a professional context, timing is critical for getting the right impact. So maybe you want to start your presentation with a story or end with it. Or do you want several stories placed out strategically throughout the presentation? Maybe you can start with a story on how your company was founded to engage the audience. Or maybe a funny story to make people relax. Or maybe you want to share a customer success story from a client from the same industry that resonates with your audience. Use the power of storytelling to get the outcome that you want. Remember, a story is for the audience. Two, be prepared. Stories need a structure. They need a beginning, a middle and an end so that they make sense and can be followed by your audience. The beginning, act one, is where the main characters, their situation and the problem are all introduced. The middle, act two, is the bulk of the story and begins when things are set in motion by some kind of catalyst. This is where the characters go through major changes in their lives as a result of what's happening. The end, act three, is when the problem in the story boils over, forcing the characters to confront it and allowing all of the elements of the story to come together and inevitably lead to the ending.
Begin with a hook to draw your listeners in right from the start. Something like, you would never believe what happened to me today, or I have the craziest story to tell. In the middle, a story must have the necessary components. A time and a place, a hero, a challenge or villain, the situation, the events leading up to and after the solution, and the ultimate impact, the goal of the main character, ideally one that is aspirational in the eyes of the audience. And at the end, wrap it up neatly with a clear conclusion and takeouts. Use a clear structure to make it easy for you to remember and easy for the audience to follow. And practice telling your story, even if it's just to yourself in the mirror. The better you know your material, the better your delivery will be. Three, bring the passion. The more passionate you are about a story, the more engaged the audience will be. You are the director and the actor rolled all up into one when you tell your story. Take the audience on a journey. Engage the listener's feelings and passions by highlighting emotional elements of your story. Whether you want to evoke happiness, sadness, surprise or anger, eliciting emotions helps keep the listener's attention. Describe in detail what the character was feeling in the situation and bring it to life. Have you ever noticed how sometimes when you're telling a funny part of a story that you start to smile or even start laughing as you speak or you naturally pause to create tension? Also, use body language, facial expressions and your voice to describe what's happening. Again, this brings it all to life for the audience. Even if they can't see you, they will feel your passion. A great story told with no emotion will miss the mark. A bad story with passion will still take the audience on the journey. Your story comes alive when you do. So remember, bring the passion. So to recap, one, focus on the audience. Two, be prepared. And three, bring the passion. Some of you sent in comments and questions from the last episode, so let's hear them. Stephanie here. How important is it when you're telling a story that it's real, it, that it comes from your own experience or a friend's experience? Thanks, Stephanie, for your question. It's very important, I think, that the, the story is your personal story. Um, it's a lot easier to remember. It's a lot easier to bring emotion and the characters to life and if you can if you can visualize the story it, it makes it a lot more powerful and it makes it a lot more believable when you bring that bring it to that much detail because you were actually there however saying that um, I know sometimes in a professional context um, and especially let's say you're saying uh, talking about a, a customer success story from your company so you might not have been uh, the person involved in the deal but you're you're bringing it to life you can do that as well and that that just takes a little bit more time and effort um, a little bit more practice because what you need to do is to show that same level of detail as you would do to your own story when you try to bring another story to detail uh, to, to life. And I, I think that's the difficult part for me. When, when I'm bringing a, a story to life um, that I haven't experienced, I have to spend a lot more time with it to make it feel like my own. However, when it's my own story, it's so easy to bring the passion to it. When you're listening to someone tell a story and it's and it happened to them it's their own experience you really can see their whole face light up you 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 kind of know 
that that they're telling a story that is is true and and happened to them and i think that that level of um, emotional engagement in the story just comes straight through to the audience and i'm i'm sure that stories that have happened to people that are retold are just are just better they're just more powerful they're just easier to retell and and you get a, a high level of engagement with the audience Thank you so much for listening. We hope you picked up some bite-sized practical tips for telling great stories. Please help more people to find us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. Our next episode is active listening, a skill that is harder to use under lockdown, but arguably even more critical. If you've got a question you'd like answered about active listening or any feedback on this show, you can leave us a voice message by using the link in the episode description. Or you can get in touch with us via our website at boostingperformancepodcast.com, which is also where you'll find the show notes and all today's tips and references. And where you can subscribe to the podcast or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Talk to you next time.